welcome to the Grapevine Podcast, the podcast bringing you what's interesting and important in the world of hospitality. Today, I am pleased and humbled to have Sally Greenberg, the Executive Director of the National Consumers League, and Dr. Barbara J. Moore, President and CEO of Shape Up America. Ladies, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, Perhaps we could uh, do some quick uh, introductions here. Uh, Ms. Greenberg, um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the National Consumers League? Yes, the National Consumers League has been working on health and safety uh, and nutritional issues since our founding in 1899. We were involved in some of the first federal Safe Food and Drugs Act of 1906 and the Meat Inspection Act. We've been at this a long time. I personally have been at the National Consumers League as executive director for the last eight years and a few months. I came directly from Consumers Union, publisher of Consumer Reports, where I was product safety counsel and handled food and nutrition issues as well for uh, Consumers Union. And I did that for over a decade. Fantastic. And uh, Dr. Moore? I uh, have been running Shape Up America, a nonprofit organization that was founded by the former Surgeon General C. Everett Koop in 1994. I joined the organization in 1995, so I've been working at this uh, for the past 20 years. Um, My doctorate is in nutrition, but my special area of interest is obesity partly because of my own personal history of obesity, but also because all of my graduate education and training and experience is in the area of obesity. So um, I'm, I'm particularly pleased to be part of this discussion today. Well, fantastic. It's, it's great to have you both. Um, the, the topic of discussion for the day um, is nutritional labeling and specifically uh, nutritional fact labeling uh, on alcohol bottles. Um, this is an interesting topic, I think, because um, I believe it was Crown Royal who just began uh, doing so. Uh, yes, uh, this is this has been an uh, uh, over 30-year campaign that groups like the National Consumers League and Shape Up America and Consumer Federation of America have been um, trying to uh, win at the federal level. And basically, it's uh, opened the door because of uh, some uh, federal agency changes. It's opened the door to uh, companies that make uh, alcoholic beverages providing nutritional information for the first time it, that to uh, to consumers of these products, and it used to be prior to uh, in one of the the um, the federal agencies taking this action that uh, uh, alcoholic beverage manufacturers could not post this information. So we've been wanting it for many many years because it's a consumable, and uh, a proportion of 50% or so of Americans do consume alcohol, and. People are interested just like they are in nutritional labels on food and in the uh, nutritional uh, uh, characteristics of the alcoholic beverages they consume as well. So this is a real breakthrough, and we admire and and support Crown Royals coming forward with one of the first labels. That's right. Um, I'm in complete agreement with that. 
um, the consumer is faced with uh, a lot of decisions that have to be made at the point of purchase. And um, we know that uh, many consumers, not all of course, but many consumers rely on nutrition labeling for food products to make decisions. And alcohol really has, uh, represents the last frontier. It's the last category of consumables that lacks labeling that consumers can rely upon to make decisions about what, what to buy. And we have, um, compared to um, the National Consumers League and the Consumer Federation of America, we're um, sort of new to this game, but we've been participating for the past 10 or 12 years in the efforts to get the agency at the federal level that's responsible for labeling of alcohol-containing products to include uh, a serving facts label. Okay, um, interesting. As a, I spent many years in Chicago as a wine and spirits buyer, um, and to, to play devil's advocate for just a moment, <clears throat> um, no one ever asked what the uh, nutritional facts were on the bottles. So I'm just wondering um, why this is uh, something that needs to happen. Well, I'd like to take a crack at that. Um, it's difficult to discuss this issue without discussing the United States Dietary Guidelines. Um, the Dietary Guidelines are, uh, at least in part, well, they're a consumer tool. They're intended to provide guidance to Americans who on on healthy eating, um, and uh, they are also providing guidance to Americans on on responsible drinking. So uh, the dietary guidelines and this discussion about nutrition facts and serving facts information on alcohol-containing products. Those two discussions are linked. And every five years, the dietary guidelines are revised. In fact, the newly revised guidelines are expected any moment now. Um, and they will, at least in the past, they've provided information that defines what's known as a standard drink. So the definition of a standard drink is linked to the amount of pure alcohol, ethanol, uh, that's in a serving. And so, for example, a can of beer that's 12 ounces is delivering roughly the same amount of pure alcohol as a 5-ounce glass of wine or a 1.5-ounce shot of distilled spirit, that 80 proof, that is. So, um, basically, this information is important for consumers because... We want them to understand what responsible drinking is as spelled out in the dietary guidelines. And specifically, that is one standard drink for women per day and two standard drinks um, for men per day. So this discussion of uh, the labeling of alcohol-containing products is definitely linked to the uh, dietary guidelines. And here's the other thing about uh, uh, consumers not asking for information. It's hard for consumers to know what they should be asking for if it's never been provided to them. 
So I, I, my question to you, I guess, would be, uh, did you ever ask consumers if they would be interested in having this information? Because we know that uh, consumers in general love the nutritional labels that are on food products. If you walk down the aisles of any grocery store, you'll see people studying the nutritional label and the ingredients. And before that kind of information was available, I'm sure somebody in your shoes, if they were in the in the food business, would say, well, nobody's ever asked me or nobody's ever said they wanted it. Well, the fact is that people, uh, consumers, are very eager to have uh, a detailed nutritional information. So we're saying they de deserve it not only on food, but also on on beverages. You know, and people uh, have, uh, millions of Americans have allergies, millions of Americans have high blood pressure, you need to know, you know, the salt content or the sugar content or the calorie content of everything that you're consuming, including alcoholic beverages, and people make choices based on that information. So it's really critically important information. Many, you know, billions, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, uh, the alcohol and, and, and the wine, uh, beer, and spirits industry. And it needs to provide the kind of information that the the food industry has been providing for many, many years. The other point I wanted to add is that we have done some consumer research. Um, there was an online, online survey that um, we teamed up on a couple of years ago, and uh, we presented consumers with, um, because it was an online survey, we were able to present them with, possible formats for serving fax information on alcohol-containing products. And we gave them a choice of three different labels. Um, each, each label was progressively providing more information, and we allowed them to tell us which label was the most useful to them and the most informative. And um, it was the results were overwhelming. Um, people wanted the maximum amount of nutritional information, ingredient information, um, as well as information on the definition of a standard drink and um, the dietary guidelines recommendations for men and for women that I said earlier, which is one drink per day for women and one two drinks per day for men. So we do have consumer information that people want this information and are willing to use it and would be pleased to see it. Fantastic. Those are those are some some incredibly important points and and points are well taken. Um, <clears throat> I, I do find that especially with the millennial generation, uh, people uh, in that generation they want to be far more informed than. Uh, my parents' generation did, or, or really even I, I do. Um, so, so I think that this is probably the right time for this. Um, yeah. So that answers one of my questions, which is why now I, I do think that it, um, you both are in a position uh, with this uh, particular um, uh, discussion to 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 move uh, uh, to, uh, <clears throat> to to move the um, move the bar a little bit. Um, what is happening currently um, on either one of your, your ends uh, legislative-wise? Um, what can we expect to see over the next year, maybe 2016, 2017? So in, in the nutritional label um, 
area? Well, we can see the dietary guidelines are supposed to be re released from the Department of Agriculture. There's been how, how long, Barbara, have, have we had a chance to weigh in? We all sent comments in on sugar, added sugar and salt and uh, caffeine, all kinds of uh, issues like that have, have been addressed. And then we have, of course, this alcohol labeling issue. That's good. And on Congress may hold hearings on it next year. I don't know. I don't know what's uh, what. The, tri the tricky thing, I think, uh, is that most people think of USDA and the FDA when it comes to labeling. But the fact is that the federal agency that's responsible for the labeling of alcohol-containing products is the TTB, which is in the Department of the Treasury, the Treasury Department. And that's a, that's a fact that's very little known. And I, I think that over the years um, that I've been involved in this effort, I, I'd say at least once a year or, or at least once every other year, we write to the, um, the agency head, um, of the TTB asking that that um, nutrition labeling and serving serving facts labeling be added to alcohol containing products because they have jurisdiction over this issue and um, and I will tell you that we've tried under I, at least three administrations that I'm aware of we've tried under the Clinton administration we tried under the Bush. Um, administration following Clinton and then also under the Obama administration and um, we have been unsuccessful in getting them to uh, mandate labeling but a little bit of uh, progress was made under the Obama in administration in the sense that they are permitted for the first time voluntary labeling so that was for us um, quite uh, exciting and it was a mark of at least some movement in this area because even voluntary labeling was not permitted up until I think it's 2013 so you know what would we like to see we'd like to see mandatory labeling in the coming year or the year after that's what we'd like to see okay yes right and we we, we think every product should have every alcohol beverage product should have this information on it. We know consumers want it and are, are are seeking this kind of information, and we don't understand why it's taken so long. For one, but you know, now that we have a breakthrough, we're ready to go full steam ahead. Okay, excellent. I'm I'm just curious, what sort of and I can simply imagine, given the uh, um, the wine and spirits lobby uh, is incredibly powerful uh, on the legislative side, and pretty much every issue. Um, what kind of pushback have you been seeing um, during all this time? I know you said three administrations, um, so I'm just I'm just curious. What kind of pushback um, have you been getting from from the wine and spirits industry? I I wouldn't describe it as pushback. I would describe it as foot dragging. Um, basically, it's sort of like punching at the air. It's not like um, we did we did get some criticism that there wasn't enough information about what consumers wanted to see, but then in fact we did do some research in that regard, and um, as as was explained earlier, uh, consumers do want this information, and we've learned that they do. So that problem was addressed. 
Um, I, I think that this, um, this is really, the time might be right for them to recognize that this information should be mandatory. Okay. Um, and, now and one thing that you should know if you haven't talked to the industry already is the beer industry for sure doesn't accept the idea that there is such a thing as a standard drink. And they refuse to embrace that concept and continue to say, well, when it comes to distilled spirits, a lot more is poured. And there is no such thing as a standard distilled spirits. And so you're getting a lot more alcohol when people pour a martini or a Manhattan than you are compared to a beer. And we've said to them, and it has been pushed by, we said, you know, you, you need a standard from which to operate, and this standard has been around for many, many years, a standard drink, and they don't want to hear that. Uh, they can would, yeah, go ahead, Barbara. I, yeah, I would add to that that um, I, I've been looking at this issue um, from the perspective of what's going on elsewhere in the world, and, you know, they, they use slightly different terminology elsewhere in the world. They call it units. Um, but it's the same concept. It's a standard drink. Um, the definition of a unit is a, just a tiny bit different from that used in America, but it's the same exact principle. It's used um, as a frame of reference so that people, whether you're talking about beer or wine or malt, or brandy or um, distilled spirits, it's it's the same thing. You need to be able to um, draw an equation from one type of alcohol-containing beverage to another by using a specific amount of, of pure alcohol as the reference. So in our case, it's in America, it's 0.6 fluid ounces of pure alcohol is um, what's delivered by the standard drink. So yes, we recognize that different beers deliver are slight, and, and certainly the same thing is true for wine, that these different varieties deliver slightly different amounts of alcohol. But if we, ha if everybody would accept that we need to relate whatever this product is to the standard, I think we'd be making real progress in terms of providing guidance to consumers, whether it comes to safe driving or operating uh, machinery or, um, you know, what, what responsible drinking looks like um, at holiday time so, or at a party. So I think that, that this kind of information is already prevalent in Australia and throughout Europe, and we need it here in the United States. Okay. That, that all sounds fair. Um, <clears throat> I'll apologize to both of you. I... I attended culinary school, and in my nutrition class, uh, well, I didn't get along with my professor, to be honest with you. Um, we, we argued quite a bit because I was classically trained, uh, and she she was, was not. Um, <clears throat> so um, a little bit of the science behind labeling. Out of curiosity, for, for the edification of my me and my listeners, um, how difficult is it to ascertain the information needed uh, to put this information, all of these caloric uh, counts and, and different types of nutritional information, how difficult is it to gain that knowledge and put it on a label for alcohol producers? 
Well, if every every food manufacturer in the world that that sells products for American grocery shelves can find a way to do it, this very lucrative industry can also find a way to do it. It isn't actually if you ask me specifically how much, I couldn't give you a number, but Crown Royal is doing it, and you see it on every food product we put our hands on. It's part of the cost of doing business. So uh, they're able to d develop this. There's companies that, that will test and put this information out there. There's many of those companies, and it's not that um, onerous to do, and it's a really an important consumer benefit. I mean, I guess okay. you can expect that the cost of doing this analysis um, will get passed on to the consumer. But on the other hand, I don't think it needs – it's not like you have to test every bottle of wine or every can of beer. I mean, basically, the, the manufacturing processes are pretty rigorous, and it's going to be easy enough to do for uh, an entire batch out of which you bottle, I don't know, hundreds of bottles or cans. So I, I don't see this as a, as a very expensive undertaking for the industry. Okay. I, w I was just curious. I, I, I spend a lot of time uh, with producers of, of a lot of craft spirits, beer, and, and of course, wine. Um, and they all seem uh, relatively um, resistant to further legislation, given that um, alcohol is one of the most uh, legislated and taxed uh, um, businesses out there. So I was just I was just curious. I haven't actually spoken with any producers about this particular issue. Um, well, I'd actually like to see. Um, why don't you try Crown Royal and ask those guys how much it's going to cost? Yeah. But you know, okay. let me just let me just say that you cannot purchase a bottle of spirits or wine or beer that has not that does not already uh, include alcohol content by value, by volume. I mean, that's apparently required by law. So it's not going to be that difficult to take that information which is mandatory, which they already have, and then figure out how much um, is being delivered in the standard serving of that particular product and how many servings are in the container. That's, in other words, I, I would expect that they're already um, doing the necessary analyses to provide the information that we need. Now, it's true that some of these products are now um, you know, I, the only product that comes into my mind at the moment is Bailey's, which includes cream and a, a couple of other ingredients that um, that they would 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 likely have to analyze as well. So I guess there would be a category, a small category of products that are more complicated than, let's say, beer or wine or spirits that would require additional analyses. Okay, fantastic. Um, wow, well this is certainly a, um, an interesting topic and I, I think it's, it's only going to get uh, 
more and more prevalent as uh, as we get into uh, 2016 and, and and continue on. Um, I look forward to uh, to to following this and, and figuring out what's what's going to go on from there. Um, I want to thank you very much uh, both for your time. Um, I apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, no problem. We took care of it. We're in yeah, the problem-solving no problem. business. There you go. <laughs> okay. Th thanks for your interest. Look forward to, to seeing what you do. Exactly. Sure. Thank you very much, Justin. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this important issue.